<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Fill her up! Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. I'm the libertarian Tupac Dave Smith, and he is the king of the cocks, COVID Jesus, Robbie the Fire Bernstein. What's up, brother? How are you feeling today? Uh, I had a blast down in Florida, hanging out with the uh, local LP people, and uh, it's nice to be doing some stand-up. Chicago, this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chicago, Zanies, me and Robbie the Fire will be out there all weekend long. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. These shows are going to sell out, but there are still some tickets available as we speak. So go grab them. ComicDaveSmith.com. You can get the ticket link uh, up there. Uh, so were you down there? Was that, that was the same event Clint was doing where he debated. Destiny, no, he did. Uh, he did one? an event in Kentucky. Mm, okay. My mistake. My mistake. I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, debate. My boy, Clint Russell uh, debated Destiny, who is a uh, popular YouTuber on uh, the topic of Ukraine. Stripper. I figured. Yeah, there's something along those lines. Anyway, he's got a bad name and he's bad on Ukraine. I don't know too much more about him than that, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how that uh, how that went. So I got I, I from what I heard from people on Twitter, it went very good. So uh, looking forward to watching that one. Um, all right, and then and I uh, sorry, I think uh, we should let people know. So Chicago, we're in two different locations: Friday, Saturday. Yes. I think it's Rosemont. Uh, right. Doing two stand-up shows each night, and then Sunday we've got stand-up and live podcast at the Zanies in Chicago. So even if you come out Friday, come back Sunday for the live pod. That's right. Hell yeah, come back, come out for all the shows. Yeah, that's what I say. But yeah, absolutely, that's going to be a, a real fun time. I've heard nothing but great things about the uh, the Zanies clubs out there. So uh, very very much looking forward to it. My our both of our I believe first times doing those. Uh, doing those clubs we've done a bunch of gigs in chicago we always do very well in chicago it's a great market for us so this should be this should be a real fun time all right so a few things this might we might be a little bit shorter of a show today uh i've got a long week coming up but a lot of exciting stuff happening so keep your eyes peeled for that um but there's a few things that we had to talk about so one of them is that evidently today on 60 minutes they had an interview with Ray Epps. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, 
Ray Epps has uh, become a very controversial figure. He was uh, present at the January 6th. Um, what do you want to call it? Insurrection. <laughs> the, uh, the, the police guided walkthrough of <laughs> depending on which. Yeah, it's, it's either it's somewhere in the range of a coup d'etat to a guided tour. Somewhere in there, depending on what your politics are, that's the, depends on what you see that as. Uh, you can be the judge of what you think it actually was. Um, but so Ray Epps is the big barrel-chested guy outside screaming at a bunch of people to uh, storm the Capitol. He, it has now become, uh, um, let's say, rumored that this guy might glow just a little bit. Um, there has been, uh, we, I, you know what? Okay, so maybe we should start with this uh, to get into it. The the case that Ray Epps is a Fed is not ironclad. Like we don't actually have uh, any evidence, at least that I've seen, of like, oh, here is who his connect was at the FBI, or here's where his history of being involved with the FBI. The, at least that I haven't seen. But there are some things about Ray Epps that are like the circumstantial evidence overwhelmingly points toward something about this doesn't add up. And the most logical explanation is that he was somewhat Fed connected. Now, we he's on video uh, several different times blatantly advocating that people storm the Capitol before the Capitol's been stormed. The day before he's advocating, we go down there and we storm the Capitol. Um, there's video of him helping people break through the barricades and encouraging people to break through the barricades. He was put on an FBI's uh, most wanted list and then taken off of it. And there was never an explanation given for why he was taken off of it. He uh, has since then not been charged, and there's never been an explanation for why he wasn't charged. On top of that, there was a uh, uh, Ray the FBI director um, under oath testifying before Congress, as well as the woman, I, I'm blanking on her name, but she's like the number three at the Department of Justice. They were both asked directly, was there any uh, uh, um, federal law enforcement or federal law enforcement um, operatives or any federal law enforcement informants involved in January 6th? And they both refused to answer the question. It just seems a little bit strange. And so that's kind of where, the, as far as I can tell, that's what the story has been thus far. That it just seems like it doesn't make sense that they're throwing the book at these people who were like let in by the police and walked around peacefully, and yet they have no interest in prosecuting the people who they have an ironclad case for, for inciting the, you know, the insurrection or whatever you want to call it. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the, the short version of the backstory. Anything you want to add to that, Rob? Uh, a couple pieces, but I would say one of the uh, most compelling pieces of evidence to say, hey, this guy must be a part of the system and working for the Fed or the FBI uh, is the fact that the New York Times wrote a puff piece about him. That, yes, if you know anything also... about New York Times reporting, if they're getting involved to tell you about how noble somebody is, there's got to be some kind of an agenda there that they're stepping into the picture. It's not just that somebody who is um, supposed to be a Trump supporter is getting a puff piece 
in the New York Times. It's the fact that it's a like a, a January 6th insurrectionist. Janu- yes, a January yeah. 6th insurrectionist. Like the biggest story in the media, uh, according to them, over the last couple years has been that our democracy was almost overthrown by Donald Trump. This is the, the big lie that Donald Trump kept telling uh, about how he didn't lose the election. This led to an insurrection. Donald Trump's guilty of inciting an insurrection and blah, 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 all of this. And so the idea that any of like that, and there was one congressman who also had nothing but not, they were like, leave this poor guy alone. Stop bringing him <laughs> up like poor guy. I thought, I thought he's a about? domestic terrorist. Yes, like the, the, the entire Biden um, administration's like main focus has been on the fact that these guys are domestic terrorists. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to have sympathy for this one guy. It just makes no sense. So something is going on here. I got to say, I was surprised that they had an interview with him on 60 Minutes. I don't exactly get what it is that they're trying to accomplish by this other than maybe just like, in in some way, like just like uh, adding insult to injury, like letting you know, <laughs> like that we'll do this. I don't know if there's something more to it. I'm missing it. Anyway, let's play uh, the trailer uh, for the what 60 Minutes put out, um, and and see what we can what we can deduce from this. We are going to the Capitol. Who is Ray Epps? Can you pause? I'm sorry. Of I know we haven't or even played it. The fact that the clip is cut off with we're going into the cap and he, and it's not him yelling, we have to go into the building. That was the, the video whole thing. we've all seen. The video was we've that, all seen. Right. Yeah. The fact that it starts off with the selective editing of, oh, here's some grandpa-like figure who just got caught up in the day and said we're going. The whole point is, no, he was the one actually saying we got to go do something violent and go into the building. That's the issue with the guy. Yeah. That's an incredible start to your fucking puff piece. Excuse my language. We're in the no, first and, couple and, minutes and, here at YouTube. Yeah, I know. We try to hold off for a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> Bleep that one out. Uh, but, it, you know, it's um, the, the thing is that, and, and for people who know, I've seen this video. There's there, This is like clear as day video that he actually, the night before, is saying, or I'm sorry, it's it, not the night before, but earlier before any of this happens, he's saying we have to go into the Capitol and a Fed chant breaks out around him. Like all the people around him are like, Fed, Fed, Fed. They're all going like, no, 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 no. Do not listen to this guy. It's crazy. Anyway, let's keep playing the video and then we'll we'll talk about all of this. We are going to the Capitol. Who is Ray Epps? A former member of the Oath Keepers who served in the Marine Corps and was an ardent Trump supporter, or at least he was, until conservative media post-January 6th began insinuating that he was a government plant for the deep state. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? No matter how many times they push this conspiracy theory, this lie, it'll never become truth. Wow, he's got to put the hat back on. Not representing bald men well, because now he looks even more deep statey. Wow. <laughs> well, it's it's... There's something interesting already about it where they'll show again, like you said, they're showing this clip. It's very deceptively edited what they've already put out there, which is um, here's him, just a guy, an older guy at the at the, the event. And here's Tucker Carlson making some crazy claim that he could be a fed. Or he's not even making that claim. He's just asking what was the role of him. But it's very clear if you actually put it in context, why? 
Tucker Carlson is asking this question, right? It completely makes sense why he would be asking this question. Because here you have a, a regime that has come down, I mean, just enormously hard on uh, all of the people who have been at January 6th, and yet they're concerned, it seems, with uh, with Ray Epps being what? Smeared? Like, that's a concern? Like, let's say the position of the corporate press is that he was not a Fed, Okay. He, he was not an, ag, uh, an agent uh, provocateur. So, fine. Okay, that's your position. Still, you would think, according to you, that would make him an insurrectionist. Right? Like, there, there's no, like, there's no angle here where you could imagine that these guys would think, like, he's some put-upon victim. And... Look, I, I suppose if you're trying to be as charitable as possible, it still does not make the corporate press look good. But if you're trying to be as charitable as possible here, you'd go, oh, they just want to discredit Tucker Carlson and those guys. And so since they're calling them a Fed, they want to say, no, he's not. And you guys are stupid for calling him a Fed, right? Like they're they're trying to run counter propaganda to what they see as propaganda. But again, even that is not a great look for the corporate press because that would mean, oh, you guys don't actually have any principles. You're just you're just now glorifying somebody who you would otherwise demonize as uh, an insurrectionist because it would what? Maybe hurt your opponents over on, on Fox News or something like that. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show. I love this company, Paint Your Life. If you are looking for the best gift to give your wife, your girlfriend, your mother, your father, your brother, go check out Paint Your Life and get a hand-painted portrait that's easy to create, fits almost any budget, and is the perfect gift for anyone you really care about. Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a one-of-a-kind, beautiful, hand-painted portrait done by a professional artist. Get a professional, hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You can upload photos to create anything you imagine. You can put yourself in a location you've always wanted to go. You can add a lost loved one to a special occasion to create the portrait of your dreams. There's lots of options. Your choice of artist and art medium. You can choose from oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal, and much more. And there's a great selection of quality frames. Their user-friendly platform lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. Communicate directly with your artist to ensure the portrait is painted just like you dreamed. Get a hand-painted portrait in as little as two weeks. It's the perfect birthday, anniversary, or Mother's Day gift. It's meaningful, personal, and always heartwarming. You can give the most meaningful gift you have ever given at paintyourlife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer, text the word PROBLEM to 87204. That's PROBLEM to 87204. Just text the single word PROBLEM to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. 
text the word problem to 87204 to get 20% off of paint your life. All right, let's get back into the show. Let's just say for the, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, which is, I, I think is assuming that I don't know what better than that you could assume if you're trying to be as charitable as possible to 60 minutes. So let's say that's what you imagine. This guy was not a fed. We're not going to give you any explanation as to why he hasn't been charged and all these other people have been charged. Uh, but whatever we're saying, he's not a fed. You're you feel bad for him. Because he's been what? Tucker Carlson has said some mean things. The fucking shaman guy was held in solitary confinement for like almost 200 days. And he was just, this guy was just walked in. We've seen all the video now. He walked in, just followed a trail of people in, and then was escorted around by police who he was being nothing but cordial to and who were being nothing but cordial to him. And this 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 videotape was not given to his attorney. He was then coincidentally let out of jail very shortly after this tape was made public. As they they'll say it was unrelated. Okay. Seems a little bit strange, but whatever. But so you're not concerned about what happened to that guy, but you're concerned about what happened to this Ray Epps character? I mean, look, no matter what the scenario is here, something stinks, right? Like, there's no, there's no scenario you can come up with here where there's not like, okay, this is like something is just way off here. And, and look, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Rob. Tell me if you see another scenario here. Like, either the best case scenario for the corporate press is that they're going to give this guy a pass because it makes the other side look bad. Because they're like, oh, you guys were saying he's a Fed, but look, he's not a Fed. In which case, you're reporting on him a completely different way than you would otherwise just to own the other side. And that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is you're a bunch of Feds covering for a Fed. Like that, that, it seems to me those are the only two options. And if there's another one that I'm missing, please let me know what it is, whoever's out there or you, Rob. Um, but if it's the better case doesn't that kind of say something that all of a sudden it's not actually so important that all these insurrectionists are brought to justice. It's actually fine for one of them to not be brought to justice as long as it makes the other side look bad. Well, isn't that your answer right there? That there's actually no real concern. Like the entire domestic war on terrorism has been predicated on the idea that we must lock these people up because domestic terrorism is the biggest threat to society right now, right? So you're saying this guy, who clearly by that definition would be a domestic terrorist, it's totally fine that he's that he's not locked up. He says uh, in in the clip uh, in one of the the previews that they put out that he's in hiding and he's in fear for his life and all of this. And the whole thing seems to be centered around like how sad that is for him. He's doing national interviews. He's not that afraid for his life, but afraid enough to tell you that he's afraid for his life. What the hell, dude? (laughs) What is going on here? I don't know. Any thoughts you have on any of this, Rob? I don't see how this could possibly be a win for uh, their narrative, because uh, for one, I guess base ca- best case scenario is you humanize this one individual, but doesn't that have people thinking, well, at least this guy's not in jail, and he seems to have his nice farm that's all paid for, 
What about all these people whose lives we have actually ruined? So you would think that they would start going, oh, yeah, maybe we should feel bad for these people who were just suckered by Donald Trump, or uh, this is going to be the first time we've actually seen him in an interview, and it's just going to be as transparent as that New York Times article of, oh, look, this was clearly a government asset, and they're trying to get ahead of the story. Well, it does seem like that's the most logical explanation here. Although I got to say, uh, look, I'll say even if it's a, I don't completely understand this because even if it's a government asset, I figured they would just burn the government asset at this point. You know, like just be like, yeah, look, the jig is up. We didn't think they'd have this footage of this guy, but they caught him. Yeah, and now they, he's got to go to jail. Oh, you mean that they would actually prosecute him? Yeah. Or well, at least it was interesting not be like talking about him. I mean, I don't know what, but like you said, the, all this seems to do is to take one guy who's advocating for the insurrection and they're saying, oh, he's not actually that bad of a guy, like whatever, this is wrong, what's happening to him. You know, you're allowed, like you were just kind of indicating, like you're allowed to feel some degree of sympathy for this guy. Because as soon as you're allowed to feel some degree of sympathy for any of the people involved there, it seems like that would, you know, make you go, oh, shit. Well, we're holding a bunch of them in solitary confinement. Well, that seems wrong. What did they really do? What really happened? Okay. But I guess people are so blinded by this just kind of like tribalism. Like, yeah, look what an idiot Tucker Carlson is that they just, they'll get on board with it. I think that's, I guess that's where we're at. And you would think with mainstream media having so much respect for our intelligence agencies, um, in this case, the intelligence agencies refuse to, to comment including that Thomas Massey played the footage and asked, why is this individual uh, not being prosecuted like anybody else? So you would think that, uh, you know, mainstream media might even defer to the uh, intelligence agencies who refuse to say that he's not an asset. Yeah, I mean, look, they have been asked and under oath, um, point blank, like, is this guy an asset? And none of them will even say, no, he's not. They're all like a little bit, you know, whatever. They're hedging their bets or something. They don't want to actually say that, you know, testifying to Congress. So where, where there's actually like, you know, um, theoretically could be legal consequences for lying about it. So they won't even say that. Like, you know, okay. So like if you're going to do this piece, can this be accompanied by like an FBI memo that says for the record, Ray Epps is not a part of it, anything like that? It doesn't seem like there's even any, like, it's it's almost as if the 60 Minutes position is like, there's no way this even could be a thing. But we well, all know the FBI track record. Of I course this need, could be a thing. They need Blinken to send a letter to the CIA. That's how you get that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Blinken could just make a formal request. Can you guys say, oh, it turns out he's Russian disinformation. There you go. Uh, I also don't understand... What happened to the other 42,000 hours of footage Tucker Carlson was supposed to be playing for us? Because he seems like he's one for one of getting people out of jail. He took their single biggest individual, he put up the footage, and then the guy got out of jail. And of course, they went, nah, nah, we were going to let him out anyways for good behavior, which is bullshit. Whatever people prosecuted him and didn't make that footage available to his attorneys, uh, they should be going to jail. Like, yeah. we should be looking into the entire January 6th thing. The fact that we saw the open footage of one single case, and then that guy just quietly got let out. Yeah, it really is something. And I'll tell you, I don't know what happened there either, because I will also say that Tucker Carlson made it sound like he was going to be releasing more of the footage. If you remember, he closed the show on that first one, being like, we've got a lot more that we're going to be sharing with you guys. And then it just kind of like went away. 
It just he kind of played some of the same footage the next night, maybe a little bit of additional footage, but there's st- there hasn't been much more um, that's come out. And maybe there was just nothing else there that he felt was like really that compelling. But it did seem a little bit strange the way that whole thing was uh, was was laid out. Who knows? I don't know. But something about this situation just obviously does not add up. It just does not add up. Like just the way I remember investigative journalism from four or five years ago. Isn't it kind of astonishing that there's not a single background story? Like who the like what was Ray Epps for the first 50 years of his life? Where's his income from? (coughs) Who's his family? What are his current employers? How does he currently afford everything that's in his life? Where does he go when he's not on his farm? Just like the basic stuff of like, here's a picture of this guy's life. And here's what makes it a little suspicious or here's why it's totally not suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would want to see some of that. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is freeze pipe. Smoking cannabis doesn't have to hurt upgrade to a freeze pipe today and experience bigger, smoother clouds without the throat burn, chest pain, or coughing attacks. Freeze Pipe makes a unique line of freezable pipes, bubblers, bongs, and dab rigs that cool smoke by over 300 degrees. Every piece is made of thick glass and smokes so smooth, you'll check if the bowl is even lit. The secret is freezable glycerin chambers that come on every piece. Pop one of these chambers in the freezer for an hour, and as smoke passes through, it's instantly chilled for a dramatically smooth and icy experience. Think larger clouds with zero chest and throat burn. Finally, no more coughing attack and no more water chugging after every rip. Just an elegant smoking experience that'll change how you light up forever. I remember back in the day when we used to drop uh, ice cubes in our bong. Such primitive animals we were back then. These kids today, they got a whole different way of doing it. So start smoking like royalty without paying a king's ransom. Shop now and enjoy free shipping at freezepipe.com. Use the promo code POTP. That'll get you 10% off your entire order. That's freezepipe.com, promo code P-O-T-P for 10% off your order. Order today and say goodbye to harsh smoke forever. All right, let's get back into the show. The bigger issue here uh, is that January 6th has become the centerpiece for the corporate press. Over, like literally since uh, 2021 to now, two years, this has been the issue that they've been that they've decided is the most important issue and the whole thing seems to be built off of like a complete stack of lies and misrepresentations you know and that's again it's not to say that like there wasn't this event and that there weren't like rowdy and um you know th- there were some violent people there there was some pushing and shoving of cops and there was like a definitely like some some property destruction and then a whole bunch of like kind of hooliganism i guess you know like farting on desks and stuff like that and then mixed in with that you know like maybe like a dozen people doing that was like hundreds of people who were like just walking around and taking pictures and they've tried to play this off as if what you're seeing here was a legitimate coup attempt like it was a legitimate, like you know, insurrection. Even though it was, it was a uh, perhaps the first um, unarmed insurrection in modern history. You know, like they didn't bring guns. Clearly, there wasn't that much of a plan. 
to actually have an insurrection. And I don't know. There were probably some people there uh, who, like, if they had found Mike Pence, might have roughed him up or something like that. I'm not even against, like, saying that, yeah, that seems like it, it could have possibly happened. It could have been a worse situation than it was. But is that not true for, like, so many events that we've seen over the last few years? You know, like, there's been so many riots um, and so many riots where, uh, you know, forget the ones where just, like, private property was destroyed, which, in my opinion, is far worse than destroying public property. Um, but there's been, in you know, riots at state houses and things like that. Um, actually, Donald Trump fled to his underground bunker once because there was such a big riot outside the White House. Kind of a bitch move on his part, if I'm being honest. The Secret Service probably made him do it, but still, he should have refused. Jesus. Um, but it's just so bizarre. And, and it's not bizarre, I shouldn't even say. It's just so obvious why the press has focused on this one event so much, because it suits their narrative. So anyway, uh, it'll be interesting to see what other clips come out of the uh, the full extended uh, interview with Ray Epps here. But it's, it is it is strange to me that they would even want to bring this guy out. Just Just a very bizarre thing. Anyway, any final thoughts before we uh, we move on from this topic, Rob? It'll be hilarious if we actually watch the whole thing and end up siding with Ray Epps. <laughs> you go, oh, this guy's a good dude. <laughs> this guy didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so it has it is now being uh, reported. This is kind of one of those whisper reports, um, but it's being reported that Joe Biden is going to announce uh, next week. That he's running for re-election. But before God bless we, America. Before we hop on that, isn't it also interesting that there's a uh, IRS whistleblower talking about favorable treatment of uh, Hunter Biden? They're now talking about the actual Delaware office possibly moving forward um, with uh, mm -hmm. prosecuting. Uh, they're talking about that Merrick Garland might also be in trouble for not clearing up... Uh, I guess, conflict of interest and in whether or not they can move forward with the prosecution, which kind of goes back to, I believe, what you had originally said when that came up the last time was, it seems like the powers that be are trying to bully Biden out of actually running again. That's been that's been my, uh, not my hypothesis exactly, but a, a, a hypothesis that I thought was worth questioning for a while now. Now, why is it that they've been protecting this guy's kid for so long and now all of a sudden there seem to be kind of all of these uh, whispers that maybe they don't have to protect him? Um, in some sense, though, it may actually backfire. If I'm right about that, it may actually backfire and encourage him to want to run again because maybe that's the only way he can protect his, uh, his kid is to make sure he's still in the White House. I don't know. You know, it's also interesting that it comes on the heels of the former CIA director uh, admitting while testifying to Congress that it was, uh, it, in fact, um, Blinkett who who requested that, you know, they they uh, come up with this whole bullshit about how there was all this misinformation, which also coincidentally or not so, you know, coincidentally, wink, wink, uh, kind of takes at least some of the blame in the public eye off of the intelligence community for doing it. It's like, well, we were just doing it for them, not for us. You know, like they were the ones who asked us. I, not that it actually clears them of any wrongdoing, but that at least like shifts kind of the focus onto someone else. I don't know. 
The other thing that I find very interesting about all of this is that, you know, this does come on the heels of uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. announcing that he's running. And it had originally been uh, floated out there and reported that Biden was going to announce in the fall. Now they're saying he's going to announce in the next week or so. And I wonder if those things aren't related. I wonder if it's not that they go, you know, the the when when they first started um, floating out the stuff about uh, Hunter Biden possibly being charged, this was months ago. It was about six months ago, I think. And at that point, we were further out from all of the stuff, you know, all of the 2024 stuff. And at this point, I think the Democratic establishment is in a position where, like, they got to find who their guy is. And they've got a difficult dance to get through because they they not only have to get Biden out of the way, they'd have to get Kamala Harris out of the way, too. Because everyone knows, whew, she's got awful. And from her last presidential campaign to just everything you see her doing every time you see her speaking, and you're like, this woman is not going to win anything. And so, you know, who could they get out of there to find who's the person to get in? What would the path look like to, to be able to get Biden and Kamala Harris out of the way? That's tough. And now you have this dynamic where Robert Kennedy has announced that he's running. And as I said on the last show, you know, it's a guy who, um, despite uh, having, you know, issues giving a, a public speech, it's a guy who's a Kennedy. You know what I mean? comes from kind of this air of even though he hasn't held like public office before there's just something about being like robert kennedy's kid and jack kennedy's nephew that makes you kind of like you could see that guy being president he just kind of like comes from that stock and he's a guy who is a uh, very smart um ha- has put a lot of thought into the issues that he he uh is behind and the, the, his his announcement speech, you know, he had like thousands of people who were really excited there about it. There's something there, and, and he's truly running against the regime. Like, there's a few issues that you could take where you go like, oh, okay, no, that this isn't someone who's just like, he's not just talking it. This isn't Bernie Sanders. This isn't Barack Obama. This is a different thing. You know, when he's talking about how the, the COVID vaccine is killing people, like, you're like, okay, that's a different type of beast than what those guys. He's hitting a third rail that you're not supposed to talk about. And I wonder if there's a connection there. Anyway, there was a, an article over at uh, CNN.com uh, that kind of caught my eye that I thought, I don't know why, I just thought this was a really, uh, so look, if you were going to talk about, if, if you were saying like when uh, you talk about Donald Trump is running again, uh, say Joe Biden is uh, running again and Robert Kennedy Jr. is challenging him. The Trump-DeSantis split there. Whatever you think, I, I think that we have been pretty clear for a while that our position here on this show is that none of this is good for America. This is not good. None of it is. Uh, I have a whole bit in my, uh, in my, my stand-up uh, that I've been taking around the country about how, you know, goddamn entertaining Donald Trump is, but how awful he is for the country. Um, th- that's more or less, you know, even though I'm 
joking around when I talk about this, but that's more or less how I view these things. But you got to admit, this is, it's like, it's wild. As of right now, it's a wild scene and crazy entertaining. And so this was the the article that CNN.com ran. It's an article by uh, Harry uh, Enten. Uh, And this caught my eye for a reason, because this is how they're going to try to spin this. This is the propaganda that uh, they're going to put forward. The title is, why 2024 could be the most boring presidential primary season ever. This is boring, Rob. That's what they're telling you. Now let me, uh, um, let's read this a little bit. For people who write about electoral or horse race politics, few things are more enjoyable than an exciting presidential primary season. Sometimes both Democrat and Republicans cooperate by holding gripping fights for the party nods. See 2008. Somehow, however, sometimes, however, voters in both uh, parties quickly coalesce around front runners. A look at the current dynamics in both parties suggests 2024 could be one of the most, if not the most boring primaries in the last 50 years. Nothing is set in stone. Things can change when you least expect it. But it's tough to uh, it's tough not to acknowledge the current facts. Let's start on the Democratic side, where President Joe Biden is expected to announce as early as Tuesday that he is running for re-election. No incumbent president has lost a state primary where he was on the ballot since 1980. At this point, Biden doesn't look likely to break that streak. He hasn't attracted a challenger who would be considered serious under most metrics. Neither Marion Williamson nor Robert F. Kennedy Jr. have ever held uh, has ever held elected office. Williamson gained no traction during her 2020 presidential bid. Kennedy pushes debunked conspiracy theories about vaccine safety and is seeking votes from an electorate that is overwhelmingly vaccinated against COVID-19. So that's how they're trying to play this. They're already writing these articles going, I mean, he's just no threat to Biden, who, by the way, is going to announce this week, even though he hadn't planned on announcing for months. And why is he no threat? Well, a few things, Rob. Number one, he's never held an elected office. And number two, he's pushing debunked conspiracy theories. I guess neither of those things are accurate. We've had people win office that never held office. So, well, Donald not- Trump is the former president, and he never held political office before this. And the debunked conspiracy theories, you're like, <laughs> okay, there's hold on, but the, and, and just to say, it, he it's goes more. It, go it's ahead. just more the opposite. Debunked conspiracy theories. It's more like conspiracy theories that. As you go, if you wrote a list of the wildest conspiracy theories about Corona and we started at the bottom, which was, hey, uh, the vaccine will only work for current variants or, hey, the PCR tests aren't that good uh, or uh, the hospitalizations are overinflated or the VAERS system's not working that well. And he just kept crossing off the wild conspiracy theories. <laughs> I don't know that debunked conspiracy theories is the way I would describe everything over the last two years that was considered misinformation that keeps getting confirmed all the way up until, oh, that women are actually having menstrual problems. Or like, I- I'm just saying, if you were to map out, let's just say the 25 um, biggest conspiracy theories about COVID we've probably confirmed at least 15 of them as being true. Yeah. And the next and then, 10 
Are, they, you're, you're gonna be like, eh, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, like, we're, we're about nine more away from getting close to the Bill Gates, uh, there's, like, metal or whatever, like, <laughs> some of the real bullshit ones were. <laughs> right, yeah, you're, uh, uh, you're a magnet or something like that if right. you take the, the vaccine. Well, yeah, and, and the truth is that RFK didn't push any of those crazier ones. He was pushing that, like, there are legitimate health, uh, uh, negative health outcomes associated with the vaccine, and that it doesn't do what they sold you on it doing. And it's it's funny that they go, oh, you know, like this is CNN, of course. Oh, he's pushing debunked conspiracy theories. Meanwhile, you're like, tell me exactly what. Tell me exactly what he said that's been debunked. And then you're like, oh, and, and at the same time that he was pushing that, Joe Biden was saying, if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. You know, is that a debunked theory? <laughs> Is that I, I, that that theory? Now that theory seems pretty goddamn debunked to me. <laughs> the idea that if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. I think everyone knows that's not right. And then, of course, he said if you get COVID, uh, like he switched it later, saying if you get it, you know, like uh, um, you're not even going to know that you have it because the symptoms are so mild and you can't transmit it. Now, is that a debunked theory? The idea that you can't transmit COVID if you've had the vaccine. Yeah, I actually do think that that is a debunked theory. So it's just kind of interesting that they even have to create this, you know, th this line of propaganda where it's like, oh, well, we're, we're just letting you know this is going to be a really boring primary. And the other thing, it's not, look, on the other side of it, obviously DeSantis hasn't announced yet, but people are like digging in for like, oh, this could be a crazy battle. For the Republican primary, so there's certainly nothing boring there. So the whole article is framing this kind of situation just to let you know that Robert Kennedy doesn't actually have a chance. He's not actually a candidate who can give Joe Biden any problems. Now, the other thing they say here, right, and this I find kind of interesting, is that they say um, they say Kennedy pushes debunked conspiracy theories about vaccine safety. Uh, and is seeking the votes from an electorate that is overwhelmingly vaccinated against COVID-19. And you're like, okay. Now, that is true that most people in America got the COVID vaccine, at least most adults did. That's, what was it? It was something like 70% of people got uh, double vaccinated. But that was only after uh, significant coercion. Well, that's the, the okay. So that's number one. Is that yeah? It's not like first off, this was at the very beginning, and, and for many of them, and I, I don't know. I'd love to see like it'd be really interesting if someone actually was able to break down those numbers. I don't even know if it's possible to do, but to go yeah. But how many of them had like their fucking livelihoods threatened if they didn't take it? And how many of them also just had like enormous social pressure? I mean, everybody knows like the stories of people saying, oh, the families won't see you. You can't come over for the holidays anymore because the propaganda was so incredibly um, all encompassing in those early days of the vaccine rollout. But, you know, what's interesting is that how many of them got one booster? Half. Half of the people who are vaccinated against COVID-19 got a booster. How many people got their kids vaccinated once they started pushing it on kids? Way less than that. Way less. It's like pathetically low numbers.
And then how many of them got like their third booster or whatever, the, the, the whatever they're up to recommending now, the numbers are like extremely low. So yes, CNN, you can spin it to say the majority of them got the vaccine, but it seems like at the very least, a lot of them are regretting that, or at least they're not still on board with the program. So that's, you know, and then you realize that, um, Kennedy can also attract a lot of like independents and even some Republicans who might switch over and things like that. And you go, yeah, this idea of just like writing him off because a lot of people got double jabbed early in 2021. That means nothing, dude. That doesn't in any way prove that there, I know a ton of people who are like all on, on our side politically who got the vaccine because for whatever, when it first rolled out, they were like, I, I just wasn't in a position where I could lose my job or I just, you know, even maybe they just hadn't like at first they were like, Oh, well I have someone who's like immunocompromised in my life. So I want to get it. And then after they looked into it more and more, they realized like, Oh yeah, it didn't actually do anything to protect that person, you know? Um, so anyway, I just thought there's a very, it's, it's, it's very interesting that they're announcing that this guy isn't a serious contender when you would think if you were doing any type of like honest journalism, you'd go, oh, fucking Robert Kennedy's kid who's running against the entire core policy of the Biden administration just announced he's running. That's kind of interesting. Doesn't feel like the most boring primary. Feels like a kind of interesting one. Typically speaking, incumbent presidents don't see any primary challenge, let alone someone like that. So it's just, I don't know. I see something in the timing of Joe Biden's announcement and even CNN having to run articles like this where I go, I think they're a little concerned about Robert Kennedy Jr. I think they're a little worried about him. I find that kind of uh, encouraging. I don't know. <laughs> like, All right, good. Good. Let him be a little bit worried about him. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Z-Biotics. I don't know if you guys have ever skipped a workout the night after some drinks, or maybe you just don't feel back to yourself the next day. We all have busy lives these days, and we can't afford to waste a day stuck on the couch because of a few drinks the night before. Z-Biotics is the answer we've all been looking for. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by a PhD scientist to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Just remember to drink Z-Biotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, of course, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Give Z-Biotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash P-O-T-P. That will get you 15% off your first order when you use P-O-T-P at checkout. Z-Biotics is backed with 100% money-back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to Z-Biotics com slash P-O-T-P and use the promo code P-O-T-P at checkout for 15% off. Thanks for Z-Biotics for sponsoring this episode. 
Now let's get back into it. All right. Any, anything else you want to add on that, Rob, or you want to move on to uh, AOC being dumb? Oh, AOC being dumb. All right, let's do it. Hey, Brian, let's uh, let's play this video of uh, AOC. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence, very clearly incitement of violence. And that is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. Well, there it is. Now I'll tell you, Tucker Carlson's one of the, the only people, really the only person on cable news who I kind of regularly watch. Um, <laughs> this really is something to see AOC, this kind of fake dissident uh, in, in the House, say, oh, that is what he does and what Fox does is incitement to violence. It's uh, on its face, First, it's uh, it's preposterous and it's ridiculous. You'll never hear Fox News or Tucker Carlson. They've got, you know, Fox News has a million problems and even Tucker Carlson has some. But the idea that they're ever on there telling somebody to go commit an act of violence is absurd. But once you get through how laughably stupid this woman is, you realize there is something truly creepy and authoritarian about what she's saying. And that is a really tyrannical way of, of looking at things that she goes, oh, those people who disagree with me politically, they ought to be violently squashed. And that's what you're saying when you claim someone's inciting violence, that they ought to be put down with force. Like in the same way that if you were like, like inciting violence is like if you like tell someone to go assault someone else that's inciting violence and you ought to be arrested and jailed inciting violence is actually a crime and so here you have a sitting member of congress calling for tucker carlson to be jailed for the crime of what mocking her ruthlessly and arguing against her politics i mean geez that is that is some really creepy shit yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to do that as a politician to say that someone reporting information different than your point of view is a, a violent is a call for violence. That's really well, the it, only play they have at this point is to go everything's violence. Well, it's it really is something, but he, he, there's something kind of like uh, truly ironic about it, where you could kind of say that, like, look, especially as a lawmaker accusing someone of inciting violence is in a sense inciting violence right right because you're like inciting violence is an actual crime so you're saying like look I, I i don't mean this in terms of like the criminal code i just mean this literally like if i say that guy is a murderer if i if i say that like if I say I just watch, uh, if I point, if I look at a cop and I point to some guy and say I just watched him hit an old lady over the head with a fire extinguisher, in a sense, I'm inciting violence, right? Like I'm saying, yo, you should go fucking like take this guy out because like I just watched him, I, I just saw him commit a violent crime. I mean, that's what she's saying. She said, now go watch Tucker Carlson any night, go turn on his show. And I'm not saying you have to agree with everything he's saying. I don't give a shit if you agree with anything he's saying. But to claim that he's inciting violence from a congressman, from a sitting congressman, 
This is such a serious thing to say. It's unbelievable how we like people just throw this around like kind of, you know, like there's nothing and no one actually believes this. She doesn't believe this. The woman interviewing her doesn't believe this. None of them like really think like, oh, my God, there's a violent criminal on the loose named Tucker Carlson over at Fox News. But the fact that she would just so kind of like in such a blase manner, just throw this out there. You're like, oh, so you're really advocating that. You know, you have this entire corporate press that is completely on your side. And the one little sliver of it, there's this one network, Fox News, and really just this one guy there who opposes you, that he should be violently shut down. And that's what you're saying if you're claiming that he incites violence, that he should be shut down by the power of the government. The truly, truly, profoundly creepy thing for AOC to say. And she's supposed to be like this kind of like, this this progressive hero or something like that it's really disgusting yeah it's amazing uh, we've said it before oh did i freeze sorry i thought i froze not on my end oh okay yeah no <clears throat> I, I, at the same time that they'll have ray epps on to go hey he's just a nice person <laughs> they'll say that tucker carlson's inciting violence and that we need a domestic terrorism title to be locking people up that are dissonant voices yeah that is that is to me, and maybe it's because it touches home a little bit. This is why I was talking about those uh, black socialists uh, the other day. Uh, that is something that touches home and really creeps me out. The idea that we're actually going to get into the business of like, yeah, we have to start shutting down dissident voices. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of tech censorship and stuff like that over the last few years, and that I'm not downplaying that. That's creepy. But one of the few things that has remained America about America has kind of been that you can say stuff. Like it's not, we're not living in North Korea. We're not like afraid to come out and say stuff against the regime. Man, that is a creepy, you know, line to cross if uh, we actually get to a point where we are. All right, let's wrap up uh, the show on that. Big week uh, coming up. Uh, Keep your, uh, stay tuned. Let's just say that. Stay tuned. A lot of cool stuff uh, happening over the next few days. And uh, yeah. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. ComicDaveSmith.com, RobbieTheFire.com, at RobbieTheFire on Twitter. Go check out Run Your Mouth. Come see us in Chicago, uh, Zanies, and uh, um, it's going to be a real fun time. So come on out. All right. Peace. Peace. 